Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terhar. Dan, how you doing today, sir? Great, great. That good, doesn't really, sound real. The great thing about tonight is that, uh, let's see, we're recording on Monday. Uh, it'll uh, be available on Tuesday, and there's another game Wednesday, so we can be irrelevant really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this episode will be out of date really quick. Short-lived, so. and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, first, uh, let's get the uh, housekeeping out of the way here. Okay. Uh, listening to Loon Talk, find us anywhere you find your podcast. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. We really do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dan, let's jump into it. 3-1 loss for the Loons yesterday in Seattle. First half, it was a 1-0 lead for Minnesota, but then they go out and do exactly what we said they shouldn't do in the halftime show. And, uh, yeah, they gave up the early goal in the second half and mistakes and bad play just compounded upon itself (laughs) time after time, after time, after time in the second half and Seattle do what Seattle does three, one win in Seattle. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where to start with this one. Just like last year against FC Cincinnati, just a rough go of it. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Um, that, that halftime one to nothing lead might have been the shakiest one to nothing lead in the history yeah. of the MLS. You knew that, and I almost felt like they would have to score two in the first half, or they were going to struggle to any chance to win. And because you knew that, um, it's weird. Seattle's Seattle's that team. You know, if we're playing in Minnesota and they go down one nil at halftime. You're going, oh come on! And there's a little bit of a panic, and there's there's a, there's some urgency. You watched uh, uh, their team, Coach uh, Brian Schmetzer, going off at halftime. They were as calm and as yep. relaxed as they could be. There was no yep. concern. You couldn't see a concern anywhere in their face. And they came out and they got three goals in the second half. And I'm not surprised. Not surprised yeah. a bit. Yeah, they went off at halftime and like well, we've been here before. Let's let's just do this again. Yeah. Let's- so what? We'll it's Minnesota. Out. It's yeah. Minnesota. They only score one a game. Yeah, and they and, don't win in Seattle. They've never even taken a point from Seattle in Seattle. So, yeah, yeah. the deck was stacked against them yesterday. But, yeah, as you sad. mentioned, it was just a masterful coaching job by Brian Schmetzer. Go out there in the first half. Your team doesn't really show up the greatest. I mean, they had some tough – they had some good chances uh, coming down the know, left-hand side from Jordan Morris. But other than that, Minnesota's defense was doing pretty well in that first half, keeping them out. Uh, well, got lucky a couple times, but then in the second half, Brian Schmetzer changed some things up. It, it looked like, at least from my perspective, that Seattle started pressing Minnesota more, a mm-hmm. little bit more, and Minnesota just couldn't handle it. The, the passes got sloppy. The play got sloppy. The first touches got sloppy by Minnesota. The clearances got sloppy, and Seattle was just there like, all right, you're going you're gonna to make a mistake. We're going to pounce on it, and we're going to score a bunch of goals on you. Just put sloppy down here somewhere. Sloppy. Uh, and, you know, I'm not – see, I'm not as big on the first half as you were. I feel like – I really think we were fortunate not to be down 3-1 at halftime. I, I really, I, I, I really think that that team, if you played that same first half over again, that they're going to score at least two on us. Yeah, uh, I we can got, see that. We got a little... Jordan Morris was dominating that left-hand oh side against God. O'Neal Fisher and Brent Coleman. Those two just had – nightmares of games so yeah i I guess i can see that 
O'Neill Fisher looked like he well he was over his head. He was not prepared for the speed that was coming at him, and he got lit up numerous times. And then you know normally you'd have uh, Michael Boxel who's so dependable, uh, and then you had Brett Coleman sometimes sliding that direction to help him. And then Brent's playing catch up, and he can't yeah. catch Morris. It was the que- okay. The question I have about the defense, though, then, and how they played yesterday is especially with O'Neill Fisher on the field. And yeah. from what we've seen from him this season, he's been pretty decent. He's been a good, good yes. addition to this squad. Yesterday yes. was just an atrocious game for him. He's yeah, he had a bad game. Yeah. My question is, if you see him in that side of the field get beat time after time after time by Jordan mm-hmm. Morris' speed, and for one, yeah. you know that going into the game, that Jordan Morris and Seattle, that's what they're going to do. They're going to run at you on that side of the field. Why not take O'Neill Fisher out of the offense because he – not like he was providing anything in the offensive half of the field. Tell him, stay yeah. back. You know Jordan Morris is going to keep running down here, so stay back with the defense. Mm-hmm. Don't push forward and just give that whole area to Abu to just run around and create space and maybe uh, Emmanuel Reynoso comes over. Why not do that? Why not just prepare yourself defensively for something you know is yeah. going to happen instead of risking it time and time again by telling your fullback to keep getting forward? I, I guess I just don't understand that. Thinking back on the game... Why keep allowing O'Neill Fisher to keep getting forward when he's getting beat? DJ Taylor did the same thing in his minimal minutes too. He got forward too, and there was times when they were attacking down that left-hand side as yeah. well. It's just I don't understand why you wouldn't make the switch of, all right, I know we like our fullbacks going forward, but Jordan Morris on this side is destroying us. We have to stay back. Yeah, and, and they didn't really make any defensive adjustments that I noticed at halftime. And, oh. um, you know, maybe it was a matter of, hey, we got away with it. Yeah, we we made some mistakes, but I'm sure they addressed the issue. It was the uh, it was the uh, you know 800 pound elephant in the room at halftime. Um, it, it reminds me of the other first half like that was Abu Dinladi's first half against who was that? Wasn't it Seattle? It might have was it Seattle the first time when he was just was out Seattle. of position and, they, and they you literally had the coach him off at teammates. Half-time. Everybody yelling at him, yeah. what are you doing? Get back. You have to help out on defense. It was that kind of a performance. And, you know, I, maybe they just figured, okay, let's make some adjustments. But they, whatever they did, it didn't work because his, uh, his flat-out speed. You know what the thing is about him? He's kind of a stocky guy, um, Jordan Morris. Uh, Jordan Morris. Yeah. He doesn't look – I think he's deceptively fast. When you but watch him, is, everybody knows he's fast. You no, know, yeah. So it's they're not doing like their homework, right? It just—he doesn't look like he would be, but he is no, insanely not at fast. All. It'd be like you being fast. That'd be weird. Hey, I ran a sub five forty. <laughs> hey, don't you don't simmer pout. down. <laughs> so I don't know what else football. to say about. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about the match other than. Um, Nothing surprised me that happened there, except for some of the defensive miscues. But uh, and we talked about this briefly in the post game show. It, it makes me v- even more aware of how important Michael Boxel is to this yeah. team, yeah, because it it seems to me that we can replace any of the other three pieces, and they're still solid. But when uh, when when fifteen is not back there, uh, things got a little bit shaky. And uh, man, hope he doesn't miss too many more because. That was uh, that was not a nice nice look in the back. So no, that defense. It'll be a long time before we see that specific four on defense show up. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I would imagine yeah. Boxy's back from his illness. 
I hope on so. Wednesday night against the Galaxy. They'll need him because Galaxy have a tough offense to yeah, shut down. They've got, so they've got uh, some yeah, skill. Interesting one. So yeah, uh, have um, you heard? Have, have we heard anything? I, not a word on. Uh, we know that Roman Metinier has is battling a thigh injury. He has been uh, since the season started, and no updates. And man, we could sure. I, I miss him. I, I, I we talked about this early in the year having two guys like Metinier and Kervin Ariaga that can run and run yeah. and run and cover so much turf in a match. I can't I can't wait to see those two out there at the same time. I think that'll be really fun. That'll be exhausting just watching those two. But yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. Not me. I'm not going to They definitely missed Roman Metinier yesterday, being able to run with Jordan Morris. Um, we should talk about the Loon's goal. I mean, Robin Lud just pouncing on a miscue by Nuhu and just pouncing on the ball and getting it, getting the first half goal. Nice play by him to get in that area. Uh, we thought at the time, and probably shown why, uh, we we were screaming like in our heads, shoot, Franco, shoot, when he got in that area. <laughs> he ends up passing it. It bounces, takes an unlucky bounce off Newhu, and Robin Lode's just there to pounce. But that was kind of a sign of things to come with Franco Fragapane taking <sighs> weird passes instead of just shooting the ball. It's almost like there was some kind of message to him, like stop shooting weird shots, just pass the ball and be a good teammate. But like, if you have an open angle inside the box, take the shot. You, you like a guy that's unselfish. Everybody mm-hmm. wants yeah, a player absolutely. that's unselfish, but there were a few opportunities where you thought, okay, do you not want to score? I mean, <laughs> would you rather get it? Would you rather get an assist than score a goal? Because, uh, yeah. And, and by the way, we could talk about our defense and miscues by, um, Fisher and Coleman got beat a couple times with speed, but knew whose, uh, misplay was, was 10 times worse than any of them. Um, that should have been a routine clear for him and it wasn't. Um, and then Minnesota jumps on it and Robin, Robin puts it in the back of the net for a goal. But, um, yeah, I don't, Franco's got a lot of skill. I like watching yeah. him play and he but, gets into good areas. Yeah, he does. He seems to have the mental part of the game. He's got plenty of speed. He's he can put good touches on the ball. But then you get game matches like Sunday night where you're going put the put the ball on the on the goal and see Just what happens. It. Yeah, do like St. Yeah. Louis did against against the Wild. Just shoot it at net and see what happens. <laughs> Just shoot it at net, and see what happens. You might get a rebound. You might beat him. You know. So yeah, that was a weird one for him. I still like what he does over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, you know, he's the starter on that left side, but I certainly would, I mean, if, if it was my team, I'd have a conversation and say, you know, shoot, shoot, let, let that, you know, put it on net, put it on frame, see what happens, you know. Maybe refrain from the 25-yard shots that this team has been just shooting at will for some reason this season and get into the box and then shoot. Just Yeah. Yeah, just shoot. When you have those opportunities uh, in running into the box, just take the shot then. I don't know. It was just, it was frustrating to watch that. I understood why he was pulled off, but I don't, I guess I don't understand why he was pulled off before Abu Dinladi, who didn't really do much of anything. I get he had a good open cup game midweek on Wednesday and Thursday, but for the most part, you didn't really see a whole lot from Abu. And when you did, it wasn't good. Like the thing that sticks out the most to me is 
the whiffed cross that went <laughs> wide left of the post. I forgot about Blair that. Walsh. I forgot about that. That was, that was, I remember the look. You were on, confused on the call. Like what the hell what, was what, that? What, what I think I said, what did he just do? <laughs> um, I think it was Reynoso was right in front of the goal and he turned around and the look on his face was like, dude, what happened? What did you well, do? The, you just, it you was just terrible. reminded me of the one, the Reynoso cross into Abu who had the guy beat, uh, who had a really good spot in the box. Reynoso puts in a wonderful, a wonderful cross. Mm-hmm. And all Zabu has to do is stick out his leg and the ball's mm-hmm. into the back of the net. And the shot goes to Reynoso afterwards. And you see it on his face. He's like, just just stick out the leg, man. Like, just do the one last thing you need to do. You're there. You are yes. perfectly in place for it. Emmanuel Reynoso put in the perfect cross, and Abu just couldn't find the end of it. I don't – Yeah. I get again. I get that he had the good game against the Rapids midweek, but he doesn't. He doesn't do enough on hey. Sunday to deserve to stay in as long as he did. Should have brought in Andre Nanu, who at least gets into dangerous areas and does what he's supposed to do. I, I think Abud and Lottie is just exactly who we thought he was. Yeah. He's a guy that's got great speed and at times can be a very exciting player, but he can't do it consistently, yeah. and that's why we got rid of him the first time. Yeah. And then you bring him back and go, let's give him another chance. We like his speed. Uh, let's see what happens. But I don't really see anything different this time around with uh, with Abu. So. No, you're seeing the same things. That yeah, saw it's the, the same thing. Time. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's just frustrating. I, I get For me, it's frustrating that Audrey Nanu is just not on the field as much because we saw it at the end of the last year. Yes, he wasn't scoring the goals that he should have with how many dangerous chances he was getting into. But, again, no. he's getting into those areas – just wasn't able to finish and he's doing it again so far he's done it twice in the open cup and he was doing it a couple nights ago it's just he's getting into those areas and that's something you need because you're not getting a whole lot of that right now you're not getting I, a whole I, lot of guys getting no. in those areas i you know and, and it's not a and sometimes fans they think well why don't we go get a striker why don't we? well we've brought in some guys that all yeah. you know i can't remember the list some of the guys barely played and they were gone um <laughs> And we're trying, you know, Luis Amaria, you bring him back because he didn't get a really fair shake. We thought maybe Adrian Anu would be the guy. You bring back Abu Dinladi. Here, Here's the deal. There are, uh, you know, there aren't as many good strikers available to be had as there are teams in the MLS. Yeah. That's why you don't have one. Compare it to the uh, the NFL. Not every team has a great quarterback because there aren't enough great quarterbacks to go around. Yeah. So – if that's the case, and we've tried, I mean, you keep throwing you-know-what against the wall, hoping it sticks, and it's not sticking. So Spaghetti? Yeah, yeah spaghetti, that's it. Uh, I, I'm, at, I'm of the mind that let's just keep Robin up there, keep Lude up there, um, work in uh, either – wing then? Well, you work in you, – you're giving Abu a chance. You get uh, uh, Bongi a few more chances. You see who can work into that. Be nice to have Ethan Finlay, um, but uh, we don't um, because you know how, are you going to go to midseason? You go you're going to go to July, August. How long are you going to keep rotating in? Um, you know, Luis Amaria, Adrian Anu. Well, they aren't rotating him in. He's, oh, he's he doesn't get minutes. He's deep in the doghouse or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but um, so and they've even give. I mean, Dunlady's not playing up there at all, unless it's a weird sub change. So that's uh, like they've given up on him in that spot too. So, um, I mean, let's just 
stay with uh, Robin Lode up there. You know, you know what it is with Robin. You know what you will get. Yeah, absolutely. You will get a great effort. You will you'll get smart play most of the time. Uh, and when he gets a good chance, he's just as likely to score as any of those other guys. So let's leave him up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah, and I, I don't know. And I I think we've discussed it plenty of times. We have no qualms with the false nine. If it works, it works. Keep yeah. at it. So it's right. just. You, but can you really have two designated <laughs> players like, sitting on the bench? You sound like you're in pain. <laughs> I just like it's so frustrating so far this season. I there's no other way to put it. Like there's hope. You see the hope. You see them get into these areas. You see how well the defense is playing. Yes. But then the frustration hits when you're like, when you see the attacking talent the offense has. You know what they have, and it just hmm. time after time after time yeah. for the last year and a half. They don't know how to find the net, and it baffles me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have any answers either because we have been talking about this for a long, long time. And so at this point, unless you've got another player bringing in, you know, at some point during the season, um, you know, and, and it gets to point two where you almost go, if they did say, "Oh, we're bringing in," you know, and then everybody's going, "This is a great guy," He's great. And you're going, "Yeah, man, right. Show me," yeah. you know. All right. That's enough of Seattle. That's enough of that crap. Minnesota won, despite, I mean, Christian Roldan deserves some mention for his absolute screamer of a shot. Just a wonderful place. What is it with Seattle and finding just an absolute banger of a shot every time? Yeah. A banger of a goal every time against Minnesota. Yeah. They're, uh, wasn't on the field this time and they, and it still happens. Their video editor uh, only comes to Minnesota matches to get highlights, so yeah. they have to put the nice goals in when when we're playing them. But yeah, that was that was an amazing strike. That, that was how, a fun goal. Remember how Minnesota put out the shirts bangers only for Hassani Dotson's goals? That that was Hassani. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seattle should just have those now. Yeah, because and ours should just, just ours should just say bangy. <laughs> we hear the bangies. Yeah, just going in. It's not a good run. Uh, yeah. For Minnesota, there was some good news in the past week since we recorded. Minnesota did win what? in the Open Cup against Colorado 2-1. to one. It was a late, late goal 15 hours after the match started for Emmanuel I know. So wonderful bit of dribbling uh, to get around some Colorado defenders in their box and score the game-winning goal late in that one. They'll move on to play Union Omaha next Wednesday at Allianz Field. Uh, can't wait to see that one. Uh, two great logos. If you ever want to go look at two of the best logos in American soccer, the Loons and Union Omaha, two bird logos, just wonderful logos for those two. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not as excited about the owl as you are. I'm not excited for the owl, but that crest is wonderful. That is a wonderful okay. logo that they have. There's an owl. There's an owl on it. <laughs> it's great though. It looks great. Do they have a lot of owls in Omaha? <laughs> Never been to Omaha. I don't know. <laughs> I've been there. I didn't see an owl. There's an owl in my yard somewhere. I hear I'm not excited. I'm, I'm, I'm not excited. I'm not excited about the owl. I'm sorry. Well, it's a division. It's a division three side coming in. USL League One side coming in. The last USL League One side coming in on Wednesday should be next Wednesday. Excuse me. Should be a fun match at Allianz Field. The winner of that match will go on to play at either Houston or Sporting Kansas City. Whoever wins that match on that Wednesday as well. So. Yeah, U.S. Open Cup action continues on will, for the Loons. So are you saying this will be the last uh, home match they'll get in the uh, Open Cup? No, I think there's a possibility they'll host whoever if they go on uh, past the Central Region or whatever. I think there's okay. a possibility they would host whoever uh, wins the Western Region. I don't know how the bracket's breaking down. Okay, all right. I wasn't head, sure but... if that was a possibility or not. Well, 
let's have this discussion here. I was thinking about this after the game yesterday. Our conversation last week about going for the trophy in the yep. U.S. Open Cup. And you coming from the American sports fan that doesn't understand midseason tournaments. No. After you've seen how these last three games in the league have gone and how the rest of the season in total has gone with the lack of goal scoring and just general kind of frustration over this team. If they continue on in the U.S. Open Cup, do you start focusing on that more than you do the season? I mean, it's not I, like I you would, have to. I wouldn't. Like you no. have to take take out a ton of games. You would take out either the game before or after, and just kind of play a different lineup for those ones. Not really hurt yourself too much. We've seen in the past where teams that have been had been having crappy seasons in the league, DC United a couple years ago. Uh, just getting smoked in the league, but they were focusing on winning the U.S. Open Cup because they wanted a trophy. Are we at that point in this season, or is there still some kind of hope that they can get the trophy? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, you're going to win. A, you want to win a trophy in the middle of the season that half the teams don't care about because they don't. They don't put any effort into it. Half yeah. the uh, half the teams are are um, are lower division teams. It. Yeah, but they don't put everything into it, and they they make well, a decision. Seen in England, where the early rounds they don't play the big squads, the Premier League squads don't play their full lineups. They'll play the younger kids to get them some minutes because they know that those guys are better than the teams that they're going to play. So this right. is completely but, new. I don't know. To me, you know what? To me, it still feels like a participation trophy. It's it's a trophy. Trophy, Dan. It's yeah, but no, it's not. It's not. It's not I, the participation fourth place trophy. You're actually I would, winning a tournament that other MLS clubs are taking part now, in. Now, if you were – here's the deal. If you can't score goals in, in MLS matches, you're probably not going to score many goals in the uh, in the U.S. Open Cup. So, they scored four you know, two games. Well, yeah, but who did they play? <laughs> Stop it now. Stop it. They played Ford, Madison, and Colorado teams. Rapids. Colorado's yeah, okay. above us Ooh. in the standings. Ooh, and you scored against how many – we, we beat uh, forward Madison? Ooh, that'll be know. as exciting as beating Omaha and the hey, Owl. How many goals do you think we get against Omaha? We'll probably score three or four. They're they're not at our level. This is dumb. It is. It's Andrew a participation Nuno has to trophy play against Union Omaha, right? And he has to score. Why? Because Why? it's the Owls, and he's who right. Knew? So what if so, no. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Who? Yeah, whatever. I just don't. <laughs> I just harnessing I get the bad joke there. I get it. I get the uh, I get the tournament thing, and I get how you can get a boost out of it. But it's a trophy. What do you get? What does it do? Gives you it's a trophy. A giant so chunk what? Of change and a birth into the Concacaf Champions League. I mean, how much money is? I don't remember what the money is. I really don't. I don't remember. So, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't know. I'd still go for it at this point. Um, so would I'm, you rather I'm, win? Would you rather win the U.S. Open and not make the playoffs, or would you rather not win the U.S. Open and make the playoffs? What am I doing in the playoffs? Well, I don't know. Because if do I'm you getting think? smoked in the first round, I don't care. <laughs> well, you don't know that. You don't, if I'm going no to pull a Minnesota Wild or a Minnesota Timberwolves or a Minnesota Twins over the last decade and a half, basically my entire existence as a sports fan, I don't care about getting the playoffs <laughs> if I'm just going to get smoked out of the first round. So Go so, with okay. a trophy, damn it. Okay, you brought up the Wild, okay? Great regular season. You know, peed down their leg in the first round of the playoffs. Would it, would it feel better if they had won a trophy back in January? Absolutely. No. Oh, yeah, no, it wouldn't. Yes. Look, here's our trophy. you won something. <laughs> How long has it been know. in this town since a men's professional <laughs> team has won something? Oh, man. 
I was so frustrated the other night after the Wild just get bounced. Like, you had this great regular season, the best season in in club history, and you do that in the first round? Come on. How many times we got to see this in this town? The team gets to the playoffs with some promise, with some hope, and they just go, meh, we don't care. Have the have it, other team. I'm just like, I'm so sick of this. Go win a trophy. I don't care what it is. Win a trophy. Really? Well, they can they can go to the the uh... go win. MLS is back. They Come can on. go to the USA Cup at the Schwann's uh, Center up there when they have 500 youth teams in there, and they can find a way to win a trophy. So went to that as a spectator. Hell, you can buy a trophy. Was... Yeah, that's that's a went... zoo. You stay away from there. It's I had to zoo. go when I when my brother was playing soccer back in the days. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No. I couldn't stand it. Thank God I had a Game Boy to get me through. <laughs> I don't know. Right, I, I just I, let's let's move on because we're gonna have to agree to disagree. That's yeah. fine. All right. Yep. Uh, next up for the Loons coming up Wednesday night at Allianz Field, the LA Galaxy. It doesn't get any easier for the Loons. LA Galaxy sitting near the top of the Western Conference, sitting in fourth place. They just got beat this last weekend, three to one to FC Dallas. Uh, Dallas, though, are second place in the Western Conference. I don't uh, get that Losing out either. to first place by just one point, so that's a really good Dallas side this year. Uh, LA Galaxy have been scoring goals. Chicharito is scoring goals for them. Um, it's a dangerous Galaxy side that has a kind of shaky defense, and we will actually see the return of Chase Gasper. So a lot to look forward to on Wednesday night. Yeah, and this is a tough one because, yeah, they're back home, but – uh, they're in a, but the whole league's in a pretty, you know, aggressive stretch of games here. Everybody's playing. I think everybody's playing on Wednesday and then everybody's playing on the weekend. So uh, this is a tough one. Uh, this is a very good team. And normally I, I feel pretty good about this team's chances at home, but with what we've seen, uh, in three straight MLS losses, I, I don't, I don't feel so good about this one. I, yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel good at all. What would, Coming out of Wednesday's game against the Galaxy, what would make you feel confident going into the Dallas game at the weekend? Um, I don't think a one nil win would make me feel confident. It has to be more than that for me. You mean to to feel good going into the Dallas match? Yeah. On the is road? there something? That oh, can anyway, be done? a win. No, a win is a win. This team, you've got to get over the uh, one nil is not a good win because with this club, one nil is is. I'm just saying that. So you feel confident that you're not going to get smoked by Dallas, who's been doing that to everybody? Well, yeah, we're not. Three-one is the worst we're going to get smoked, but we aren't going to get beat three-one if Michael Boxel is in and Metinair is back, and we have a full complement on defense. I, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have lost three to one if Michael Boxel played on uh, oh, last no, the night. Defense wouldn't have been night. as sloppy as it was if Boxy's playing. No, we might. We, we might have still lost two to one. I don't know, but uh, I, I believe it would have been a, at least a one goal difference if he's in there. So I'm not worried about getting smoked in Dallas. I, I would be happy with any result against LA because at this point, with as 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 tough of a time as we're having scoring goals. I'll take a draw with uh, LA uh, with uh, the Galaxy on Wednesday, and I'll go down to Dallas and and think I got a shot at coming out of there with a result. So that's because of our I mean, defense. They, I've told you before, our defense Dallas, will so. keep us in it, but yeah. our defense will keep us in it. How can you? How long can you rely on that though? All year, maybe. Can you? Well, you could battle for that final playoff spot. With it worked for the Vikings know. in 2017 because it was only 16 games and they had Case Keenum <laughs> at quarterback. 
but they had the number one defense. Can you really rely on having yeah. a goalkeeper playing sure out of can. his mind for the entire season? Well, it's not just a goalkeeper. It's the, it's no, the four guys in front of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think they can they they did it last year. They never got their offense going last year and they and they were battling for up till the very end were on the bubble for home home field in the playoffs. They eked into the playoffs thanks to Rail Salt Lake getting a late goal against Sporting yeah, but, Kansas City. But two three matches before the end of the season, they still had a shot at, at home field. They were in it. Half the Western Conference. They were. Okay. So, so you're agreeing with me. So, yeah, they did it. (laughs) They, they made it in last year. They were one win away from, you know, at the end of the season, getting home field advantage in the playoffs. So, yeah, they did it last year. They can do it again. It's just not going to be fun doing it again. Doing it like <laughs> well, no, I didn't say I didn't say you had to like it, but it's possible. <laughs> I don't want to do that again, Dan. I want to no, enjoy I don't either. the soccer this, I'm watching. This is like that movie Groundhog Day. Oh goodness! We just keep just keep waking up, and it's the same thing over and over again. And you know they scored uh, three goals back to back, and you thought finally it's they over. found it. This is it. Yes, this is what it took. Now. Here we go. Easy street. No, and then they've gone away from that game so much. plan. That got them those three goals. Not so much. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So that that's what's coming up next for the Loons. They have the game against the Galaxy on Wednesday. And then Sunday, they go down to Dallas, the second place team in the conference. So tough stretch of games here for the Loons. Dan, let's take a quick look across the league. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. As I pull up all the scores from this weekend, plenty of scores to talk about. I want to start off with Portland just laying it on Sporting Kansas City this weekend. (laughs) 7-2, just not letting up. A pair of braces in that one for a couple Portland players. Woof, Sporting Kansas City. It is bad this year in Kansas City. They are at the bottom of the Western Conference. I think Vancouver's the only team below them in the conference. Uh, yeah. I think that's their seventh loss of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. Not good for Peter Vermees and Sporting Kansas City right now. No, you wonder what's going to happen there because that's a uh, that's a franchise that doesn't uh, doesn't you know, they're not used to having, you know, horrendous seasons like this. And um, you know, they're behind San Jose and uh, Vancouver will catch them if they don't figure it out. But yeah, man, you, you just, there's nothing going right when, when you're, you're giving up seven. So are we really going to see a Peter Vermees led Kansas city side compete for the wooden spoon? 
I don't know. Maybe he might he might run away. He might run away during the middle of the night before that happens. So he might just put one of his assistants in charge as the head man, and he'll take over the. He'll go back up to the office and be the GM. Yeah, get me of out of GM here. Head coach. I don't want to be too close to this thing on the field. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised. You know that. You know the two things that surprise me is uh, is how Dallas has turned things around, and they're in yeah. second. And then I'm surprised that Kansas City is second to last. Those are the two big surprises f- for me right now. Um, and Dallas, not just like squeaking by and getting wins, they're doing it in very impressive fashion. I mean, Sunday or Saturday night, right? Was a three three nil lead in the 26th minute in LA for a very young Dallas side. It's impressive yeah. what they've been doing this season. What Nico Estevez has been doing as their head coach in his first year as their manager. I mean. Super mm-hmm. impressive what Dallas has done this season. Yeah, their their goal differential is eleven, same as LAFC. So yeah, they're they're doing it right all over the place. So those are the two things that surprised me. You know, the rest of the rest of the West still will settle itself out, and I think you know it's it's nothing that's completely out of whack. Um, but yeah, that, those are the two things that surprise me right now. Besides those two in the Eastern Conference, let's look at them. Is the most surprising thing that FC Cincinnati put together a four-game winning streak, or are you not impressed because of the teams they did it against? Well, I no, 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 Minnesota. Yeah, no, I, I that that's that's legit. I mean, it just it, it jumps out at you because they beat Toronto twice in back-to-back games. By the way, yeah. is that something new in the in the MLS? These back-to-backs, home and aways. Oh. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't so. think so. I think that's just a weird scheduling. Yeah, was it an accident? It must have been. <laughs> well, that's, the scheduling that's... computer screwed up. That makes it now. Computers don't screw up. The people that program them do. So, no, um, screw up. Watch Terminator. <laughs> all right, well, that's not real. But you, know, you just keep going on. Uh, does that surprise me that they're in? Uh, where are they? They're in fourth right now in the East. Yeah, that surprises me. That, <laughs> what? That, I didn't even notice that. Yes, they're in fourth in the East. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's the surprise over there. Um, other than wow. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And, and, and the other surprises in the East are um, how quick the nosebleed that Chicago had to take to get from, from first to last in that quick. We, we got to look up at what date they were first in the East. I mean, Montreal's <laughs> up in first right now. So that's also very surprising with how yeah. they're doing it. Um, the other surprising thing for me in the East, and it's, it's becoming more and more reported New York Red Bulls winless at home this season. They've got a that's pair of weird. draws at home. But they are undefeated on the road. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that just doesn't happen in this. They've league. won every single game on the road, but one in that other one was a draw, and that was their one-one draw against Philadelphia this weekend. They're yeah. undefeated on the road, but they yeah. can't buy a win at home. Right. Weird. That is so un un MLS like. It's, it's so unsoccer like. It's so bizarre. But yeah, yeah, especially MLS where home field advantage means so much because of the size right. of this country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. That's very surprising. All right, so that's been look across the league. Dan, let's uh, let's jump right into the predictor. I'll let you uh, explain away. All right, pick three games, three uh, MLS-related games in the next uh, week. Uh, one of them must be, uh, in this case, one of the Minnesota United matches. Pick the winner. Get a point if you pick the winner right. Pick the score. If you also get the score right, you get a bonus point. So a total of zero to six points available each week and uh every week we are much closer to zero than six well this week four points were dished out dan two apiece uh that's so boring it's a tie that's a tie ish (laughs) 
Let's see the points that we got. I said FC Cincinnati would win 2-0 over Chicago. They got a 2-1 win. Uh, so it was just a You're goal close. away. Thanks, You're Chicago. Close. Yeah. I did say, uh, or you did say, that Montreal would beat uh, Charlotte 3-0. Well, it was 2-0. You got very ah, close there. So close. One goal away. And then we both said that Minnesota would lose. I said 2-0. You said 2-1. Well, obviously we we talk we spent the first twenty minutes of the ma- of the show talking about it. It's a three one yeah. loss, but yeah. we each got a point because we predicted the okay. loss. Um, so that gets two points for each of us. That brings our our totals to this year. I'm at thirteen. You are at twelve on Damn the season. It. I started last week, so I will let you start this week, sir. I think you cheated. Um, cheated. I'll go to uh, I'll go to another Wednesday match. Uh, LAFC. Will defeat Austin three one. Oh, that's actually could be a really high scoring game for that one. I think it'll be three to one. I think uh, LAFC is not going to let Austin uh, beat them at home. So okay, I'm going to do my normal thing of predicting an FC Cincinnati game just because I like picking on picking on them <laughs> at this point. They're in fourth place. They're in fourth place on a four match winning streak, Dan. But that yeah. ends this week. New York Red Bull, or not New York Red Bulls, excuse me. New England Revolution will head to Cincinnati this coming weekend, this coming Saturday, and face FC Cincinnati, and they will stop that winning streak. It will be a 2-1 win for the Revolution. Revolution winning 2-1 on the road against Cincy. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, uh, NYFC, New York will beat Chicago on Sunday 3-0. I mean, that could be more with how they play. Could be four. But I I can't pick four. That's a lot. Three is good. You don't want to predict a 7-2? 3-0. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) All right. uh, Dan, I'm going to do the other two. I'm going to do both Minnesota games this week for my my next two. Minnesota-LA Galaxy this coming Wednesday at Allianz Field. I'm going with a 2-2 draw, Dan. Okay. All right. My last pick will be Minnesota at home against LA Galaxy on Wednesday night. And I have that as a 1-1 draw. Okay. So and then you're gonna go with then you're gonna go with Dallas in Minnesota. Then Sunday afternoon, you can hear all these games on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com and the Score North mobile app. Uh FC Dallas hosting Minnesota United mm-hmm. this coming Sunday at 6 p.m., mm-hmm. 5.30 p.m. pre-match show. Uh, going back to that LA Galaxy one, that is 7 p.m. kickoff on Sunday or on Wednesday after or Wednesday. Wednesday evening on 1500 ESPN, 1500 ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app, 6.30 p.m. pre-match show. Uh, FC Dallas, a 3-1 win over Minnesota, Dan. Oh, well, at least we're, Sorry, so, so we're going to get one. Sorry. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's kind of what it's come to, hasn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, we've, we've you seen, said you know, it last week. I, I don't, I don't. I'm not hating on the team. I want yeah. them to be successful. I want them to do well. I, I'm baffled at how they've struggled last year and this year to score with some of the players they have. But man, yeah. But I'm trying to get points here and beat you in this game. So show us, show us. Yeah, all right. You know, you start scoring goals, I'll be more than happy to pick them to win every match. Oh, absolutely. But, they got right. they got to show it. So, so as my kid is running around outside in the backyard right now, screaming his ears off because that's what he does. Uh, 
trying not to be distracted by that. Let's do write that down. Our final <laughs> prediction related segment of the evening. All right. It is our weekly uh, three predictions segment where we each make three soccer related predictions. One of them has to be a Minnesota United related prediction. We will keep track of the correct predictions at the end of the year. Uh, we'll call those goals and the most goals at the end of the year wins the coveted golden boot or the coveted golden uh, Adrian Heath gnome thing that's up above my shoulder because I won last year. Dan, a couple things coming off the board in our accountability session this week. Two each. Both of them wrong on both accounts. I said a couple weeks ago, over the next five MLS matches, the Loons will get at least eight points. Well, they started off really good for me. They got yeah, it looked good a for win a moment. against Colorado and a win against Chicago. Since then, it's been nil. So I got to six <laughs> points right off the bat. I'm like, oh, okay, all I need to do, two more points, and I am solid. And they didn't get nothing. They didn't get anything in the next three games. So no. I lose on that one. Then I said Minnesota United will not drop below the playoff line for the rest of the season. Well, the results made them drop below the playoff line this week, so I got that one wrong. You said the current losing streak, this is a while back after the Colorado, I believe the Austin and LAFC losses, you said the current losing streak will be their longest of the season. That was a two-match losing streak. Well, they're now on a three-match losing streak, so... That yeah, I thought they were going to win the next match. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, actually, you had three things come off the board. Uh, you said the the game winning goal in Colorado Minnesota match will be will come in the first half. It did not. It came in the second half. And then you said Minnesota will f- be held. It didn't even come in the first day. No, it came in the second day. It was like a it was like a cricket match. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and then you said Minnesota will be held scoreless against Seattle. They were not held scoreless in Seattle. Damn it. So like time game. for write that down, Dan. I went first last week. It is your turn to go first this week. All right, Seattle. Seattle, at the end of the season, so this is when you can shove away for a long time, they will finish between third and sixth place in the West. Between third and sixth. Write that down. I think two weeks ago I said they'll finish fourth or higher in the Western Conference. Did you? Okay, so we're kind of, yeah, yeah. I got a little more wiggle room than you We both get points off of it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, Dan, write this down. Jesus Ferreira has nine goals on the season. He is mm-hmm. the first American in a while to be leading the goal scoring charts, oh. and hopefully he will finish atop them. So write this down, Dan. An American will finish in the top three of goal scorers this season. It has not happened, I think, since 2018 when Giassi Zardes did it. Last one to finish in the top three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Top three. All right. Um let's go with this then top four spots right now in the West LAFC Dallas Austin and LA Galaxy only LAFC will stay in that top four all season long whoa okay so I'm saying the other teams are going to at least they'll at least all move out of the top four once during the season with the exception of LA they will stay in the top four all year the rest That's of the year be a tricky one to follow because you already have me following after this weekend this was from the <laughs> second weekend of the year you said after this weekend LAFC we're also like Austin and Colorado will not be in the top four together for the rest of the season so I've had to look every single week to make sure that's still active thankfully Rail Salt Lake have been kind of bad so <laughs> I thought about that as I was writing it down earlier today I said oh yeah he's not gonna like this one these are tough to follow, Dan. <laughs> All right. Uh, write this down, Dan. Dane St. Clair, he is second in goal score or in uh, goalkeepers that are eligible for this stat. He is second in the league with the top save percentage. 
He is behind Andre Blake by literally 0.1 points. Andre Blake, mm. I believe, has 80.4, and Dane St. Clair is 80.3 or something like that. It's 0.4 and 0.3. Okay. Dane St. Clair will finish the season with the top save percentage Ooh. in the league among eligible goalkeepers. Right. Wow. Down. Wow. Okay. Well, he's 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 earned. I mean, he's earned your confidence. So yeah. I mean, he's been uh, spectacular he's been good. this season. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. And my final one. Uh, I want to give some uh, credit to Minnesota's defense. After giving up three goals Sunday night in Seattle, they will not give up three goals in a match anytime over the next five MLS matches. And those aren't easy five MLS matches, Dan. I have confidence in our defense. Because you know what? If if we lose confidence in the defense, what do we have left? Nothing. Nothing. Write that down. Write that down. Write this down, Dan. Yeah. This goes back to our conversation about Minnesota playoff teams. Yeah. And I don't know why the hell I'm making this prediction, but I want to. All right. Write this down, Dan. Minnesota United will be the next Minnesota men's professional sports team in the big five leagues, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, MLS, to make it to their league's championship game. Really? Who else is going to do it? Come on. The Twins aren't going to do it. They haven't won a playoff series since I was in eighth grade. The Wild don't know how to win a playoff game. The Timberwolves are too young to do this. You are. The Vikings aren't going to do it because they're cursed. You're a bitter, angry little man. I am 32 (laughs) years old and I am an, well, 31 years old. And I am an angry Minnesota sports fan after this last week by the Wild. Okay. don't get really tuned into hockey too much, but this season has been fun to watch and they just let me down. I don't, yeah. I mean, I I got nothing. Go. I'm writing it down. (laughs) I got nothing. I really don't because. How can you? That's no dumber than saying the Vikings will be the next team or the Wild will be the next team or the Twins. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? knew? Who knew? Who knew? knew? Who? So I don't know. Yeah, go for it. I hope you're uh, right. We didn't mention uh, the friendly that was announced this last week. Minnesota will be hosting Premier League side for now. Everton, uh, who are no. they're fighting Mr. relegation? Come you on, have to be so, you have to be so negative. <laughs> I'm not being negative, I'm being realistic. For now, right. they are a Premier League side. It is going down to the wire. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I hope they don't get it around. It'd be awesome to have a Premier League side here at Allianz Field again. Um, but yeah, they will be hosting them this July. That's going to be a fun one because obviously the connections with Adrian Heath and Everton mm-hmm. uh, are strong there. Um, and there's plenty on the staff that are Everton fans. So it's going to be fun to see that. Good, one. good, good. Yep. Can't wait. That'll be a fun one. Can't wait. Absolutely. Dan, we can't win wait for then. Wednesday night. Hopefully better results Wednesday. than Sunday. Yes. Allianz Field, 6.30 p.m. pre-match show, 7 p.m. kickoff with Dan Terra and myself on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Yes, you heard those call signs correctly. It's yes. changed on the radio side. Yes. Uh, the digital side is still Score North, but the radio side and the inter- er, and the website are 1500ESPN. Now Makes perfect sense. Back. Yes. I got it. Yeah. All right, Dan, we'll talk to you then. Okay. See you Wednesday. Go Loons. Hi, this is Daniel Rue the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this 
purportedly strong 2023 draft class and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluky. They're playing well so far. And so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.